don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are talking about the week of February 7th through the 11th. So I'm going to get the Sonny Carly stuff out of the way because it frustrates me. <laughs> so Neen Bean is at the Haunted Star, asks Sonny if he's okay. He tells her he's back on his meds and he's waiting for Carly. So Nina tries to leave and Sonny says she doesn't have to. So of course she stays. And wham bam, thank you ma'am, they end up in bed together. Sonny decided in that moment he wanted to put everything on the line and lose all hope in Carly. And I'm over here like, um, Neen, hooking up at the recreation of another woman's wedding to that man? That's low even for you. I just could not stop thinking about this from the time Nina left Charlie's. So Carly was with Drew earlier and they were on the Jason Robin bridge hearing about Peter's escape and Mac and Dante's injuries as well. So Carly rushes to the hospital to first check on Dante and when the nurse asks if they're family, she says yes. She's trying to call Sonny, no answer. Now I was confused as to why Sonny's phone did not ring. But Soap Twitter says he threw his cell phone into the harbor. I think I just maybe missed that. I thought he only tried to throw the rings and then ended up setting them uh, on the railing. Needless to say, Sonny's cell phone did not ring while he was talking with Nina. So Carly runs into Sam at GH, also visiting Dante, and they catch up. Carly then says she's going to try again with Sonny after talking with Drew about how this gesture may be a lifeline. Sam looked a little jealous, but right then I knew. Oh, Carly is going to see Nina and Sonny. And also, mm, Sam, in the typical I want both men attitude, (laughs) like we are going to see a Venn diagram of a love triangle here. I can just feel it. So Carly gets to the Haunted Star, sees the surprise Sonny laid out and was feeling nostalgic. And that nostalgia hit hard when she opened the door and Sonny was midway through his tryst with Nina. (laughs) It was hard to watch because in this particular situation, I am team Carly, only in the way of she thought Sonny was dead, she had history with Jason, and even though Sonny was the one to bring it up, Carly did tell him, yes, me and Jason, we're going to try and be real husband and wife in every sense. And also, Carly flat out asked Sonny multiple times, "Is did anything happen in Nixon Falls that I should know about? And Sonny kept denying everything, saying, no, nothing's wrong. It's just with me being back. Like, no, man, you lied from the start. And again, in Carly's defense, her and Jason also had a talk after Sonny came home and they said something along the lines of, you know, we've pushed our feelings down before, we can do it again. We're best friends first, loyal to Sonny second. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help but laugh saying that. They both cannot see how they've lived their lives for Sonny since the day that they met him. Sonny is impulsive and selfish, and he always has been. Carly stays with him because that's all she's ever known her whole life, just chaos. Sonny is comfortable for her, and that's why she always goes back. For me, Sonny is going so far down a rabbit hole of his emotions, I'm going to need a standing appointment with Kevin twice a week. Get through to Sonny that people can't act how he wants anymore. We're all too experienced in life for that. 
So Carly stands there while Sonny and Nina look dumbfounded that Carly's even there at all. And she doesn't explode the way I expected, but she does call him a liar and says, Dante's been hurt and Peter's escaped, thought you should know. Sonny has immediate regret, but no regrets five minutes ago, as Carly pointed out. Carly stays on the Haunted Star balcony to argue with Sonny, and I'm looking at my screen like, no way. No way would I have stayed there and talked to my husband while he's still panting from rolling in the hay with my new enemy. <laughs> like, no, go take a shower, sir. Nina's face during those scenes, though, like, <laughs> she was just so shocked. I'm surprised Carly didn't say anything to her, but it's mainly about how Sonny lied about his feelings for Nina. But Nina should not be rolling around with men still technically married, as Phyllis has pointed out. Honestly, this situation can be blamed on the both of them. As soon as Sonny got back to Port Charles, got his correct dosage of medication, they should have been in marriage counseling. But then we wouldn't have this blow up. <laughs> So Carly tells Sonny it's over and it's all his fault before she just storms right off. Sonny then gently drops the rings into the harbor and Carly rushes to 66 Harborview Road to find Michael since she is friendless, but he's not home. So she finds Drew in a room that only has a bed. <laughs> I was very confused. Like, is, is Drew in the boathouse? Like, what room is that that it's like its own little cabin? Didn't look that insulated for it being the winter time. Very rustic. <laughs> And Carly, she just, she has no friends. Jason is dead. Sam only talks to her because she's known Carly for so long. Carly and Olivia are not that close and everyone else hates her. So Drew sees her and as they're talking about the ones they love don't reciprocate their feelings, they get closer and closer. I felt bad for Drew in these scenes. He overheard Sam say that she loved Dante, so he didn't even tell her he wanted to try things again. He made such a good point too. Sam left Drew for Jason. Then she dumps Jason because of his dangerous and risky life. I don't know what's in store for Sam, but she is being very hypocritical right now. <laughs> I think the writers need to explore characters alone and not always propped up by someone else. The only one I think they've done that for is Ava, and I love to hate her for that reason. <laughs> she knows who she is, but she also desperately tried to improve herself, and she definitely does not need a man to be who she is. By Friday, Carly is at work and Sam comes to meet her. Carly says she's calling a divorce lawyer and Sam says it may be too quick, but they did drop some history on us by pointing out Carly is known for her impulsiveness. Unfortunately, she messed up on the digital calendar and Sonny got the notification for the appointment. But why would you label this divorce lawyer meeting <laughs> like just say appointment with blank first name only but we needed that so that Sunday could see it and I'm glad that he saw it in front of Phyllis and now Phyllis is seeing the real Sunny no mic to be had anywhere so Phyllis is telling him you know you're still lying to your wife you're not working on this hard enough and Sunny says Carly calls the shots I ain't having that in true Sunny form Phyllis has some thinking to do about Sonny. She may desert him if he's going to continue to act this way. So going backwards a little, after Carly left him at the Haunted Star, he did go to GH and he saw Nina there. He got to check in on Dante and get the whole Peter story. 
Then as people are figuring out that Nina knew Bailey was Louise early on, they realize that she sent Peter on a wild goose chase on purpose. Sonny is happy about it, which made me mad about it. <laughs> I guess we're just going to have to see this being played out. Will it make for an explosive Sonny episode later? Maybe. I can see him breaking with Nina after she does something he sees as a betrayal and he goes into a spiral of, I let you take me away from my wife and my family. They turned against me because I defended you. Like, I will be looking forward to those scenes. Also at the hospital, Dante and Sam exchanged I love yous. So perfect time to wake up Lulu. <laughs> and again, poor Drew. He told Sam he wants to lead a safe life and wants a stable family life for Scout and Sam agreed. So they cleared the air about parenting. But once Drew heard Sam say she loved Dante, he didn't want to be a jerk and confuse Sam, thus proving Drew is an all-around good guy, in my opinion, <laughs> which led him to him and Carly almost hooking up that night, which I brought up a little earlier. Carly was the one who stopped that hookup, which was interesting. They were both angry, and she was the one who stopped it, which is very unlike Carly, in my opinion. But we are all older now. And besides that, I would like to round out Drew's character more now that we have a new actor. I know we're getting a lot of Oscar mentions lately, but let's hear more talk between Drew and Michael and Aurora Media. I'd like to see where that's going. To me, Sam is now just dating the law-abiding side of Jason and Dante. Like, if Jason were a cop and not brain-damaged, like, it would be Dante. <laughs> Clearly Sam has reserves for Drew, but we won't see more of that until Lulu wakes up, in turn making Dante visit her, making Sam available for late night talks with Drew. <laughs> this is all like too much for me sometimes. Okay, so now to the bigger story of the week and then I'll get to Valentine's Day part one. So we're still in GH with Felicia, Anna, Robert, Maxie, and Austin waiting to hear word on Mac. Robert confides in Anna, every time I turn around, the bad guy wins. And he's not wrong. I'm glad they threw that in there because in order for villains to be successful on TV, they have to get away with their crimes. So the law enforcers look dumb at every corner. It's really hard to write things from only the law enforcement side because as the audience, we're seeing both what the villains are up to and how the PCPD are trying to solve it. So the camera switches and we are at the house of Jack's where Chase calls in the kidnapping. BLQ has a panic attack and I felt horrible for her. She feels like she failed. She is saying to herself she only had one job and she failed. I mean, she was so good in these scenes. I was drawn in. Chase calms her down just enough for her to call Maxie and tell her that Louise is gone and my heart was just aching. When Maxie gets the call, Felicia and Robert are confused as to why she has to leave with Mac still not woken up yet. She looks at Austin and she finally confesses to Felicia and Robert the entire plan from Britt's involvement to what actually happened and how Austin figured it out. I mean, just tears for Maxie right now. Felicia then asks Robert how mad at Maxie he is for having him waste resources to find a baby that was here all along, but he's not mad. He thinks that she is brilliant for hiding her right under everyone's nose, and I'm happy he feels that way. Robert has done his fair share of manipulating the law to keep people safe. Then we have Ned. He makes his way to the House of Jacks along with Anna, Dante, and then Maxie. 
Ned is flipping out in pure Edward Q fashion and it's so funny to me. <laughs> like how does that saying go? You always turn into your parents at some degree. <laughs> So Ned couldn't believe the news at first, thinking Maxie was having like a delusional episode. But once everyone confirmed it, Ned was shocked. But he also couldn't be that mad considering the circumstance. I was relieved to hear Maxie doesn't blame Brooklyn for what happened as well. I don't think this could have been avoided. Even if Brooklyn was inside the house, I think Peter would have just held her at gunpoint to give her the baby. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there was any way to get out of this. Once Anna heard all this information, she gathers that Valentine must have figured this out. Then we get a call from a restaurant worker, sporting the name of a previous GH cast member, John Berardino, who played Dr. Steve Hardy. And Valentine is in a pile of trash, whacked out of his mind. <laughs> that must have been super fun for James Patrick Stewart to play. Like, all right, man, you have to lie in a pile of garbage and pretend that you're drunk. <laughs> I imagine he had fun that day on set. So Valentine gets rushed to GH, Anna follows behind, and then when Brooklyn heard that Val's in the hospital, she goes to GH too. I'm assuming that Victor had to dump Valentine because his plan was going off the rails with Peter. So Valentine gets his blood alcohol test back and it's at 0%, so they're going to have to test for more drugs. Meanwhile, there was security on Kevin and Laura's place where Charlotte was staying. She orders a pizza and Peter knocks out the pizza delivery guy and kidnaps Charlotte. Laura calls Esme to confirm Charlotte's whereabouts and then they call the police. As soon as Kevin and Laura are about to tell Valentine about Charlotte, she comes running in his hospital room saying Grandpa Victor found her and saved her. So earlier, Victor sang to his one minion he has left that Peter has outlived his usefulness as the information on Drew was just not worth this. On some level, Victor must have some empathy for Maxie, right? I mean, he's a Cassidine, so maybe not. <laughs> but it's at this time that he found out Peter took Charlotte and he had to make another deal to find her in the warehouse that Peter stashed her in. Peter needed safe passage out of Port Charles, but assumed Victor would turn on him. And he was right. But still, kidnapping Charlotte, like, come on. So Laura is angry. She can tell right away that Victor knows more than what he's saying. Side note, can you imagine a tea party with Victor Cassidine, Esme Prince, and Charlotte Cassidine? <laughs> I would love to see that. But you know, to Victor's credit, he did try and kill Peter and detain him multiple times. He just always got played in the process. <laughs> the writers are really making Victor out to be a fool, huh? Now Victor is lying worse than Shaggy in the It Wasn't Me music video. <laughs> and Peter is spinning off this narrative that he's not a monster and everything he's doing is for Maxie or for Louise. He just doesn't see how unhinged he is because he was raised by Faison. Peter doesn't know how to live any other way, which is why he needs to be locked up or dead. Eventually, Valentine looks right at Victor and says, I want answers, dad. <laughs> Everybody knows Victor is shady. All eyes are on Victor. So Brooklyn enters Val's room and they finally clear the air about Louise and Val isn't as mad at her anymore. And I'm hoping that this helps mend their relationship because I like Brooklyn and Valentine together. I want them to eventually be a couple. Meanwhile, in Max Scorpio's room, they showed us some great flashbacks of him and Felicia, and then he opens his eyes, which just melted my heart because I love Mac. 
Maxie meets up with Austin, and then Liesel and Britt walk up too. And once they start discussing Louise, Austin admits that Victor may know the truth because of the sonogram. Maxie is pissed and storms off. Lisa tells Austin not to chase her, just leave her alone. He has done enough. So now we have Laura in the hospital hallway, and she's then joined by Austin, who confides in her about the sonogram stuff. She tells him not to be so hard on himself. Just then, Maxie gets a call, and it's Peter. He asks her to come to Pier 55 and to come alone. So she does. I wouldn't have. (laughs) I would have just told anyone that's willing to go rogue on Peter, like, oh man, I guess that would have been Jason. (laughs) Well, Liesl would have done it too. I think if Maxie were to have gone up to Liesl and say, Peter just called me. He wants me to come alone on the pier. Follow me and take him out. I think Liesl definitely would have done it. At minimum, I thought Maxie should have stolen Max's police gun out of his room and that would have gone a long way for her. But what are you going to do? Anyway, so Peter says, come away with me in the night and let's be a family. Maxie ends up talking Peter into leaving Louise in Port Charles because as a baby, everyone will constantly be looking for her and Peter thinks Maxie will eventually make another baby. Oh man, that was, that was intense for me. Like I felt so bad for Maxie. Like she'd have to hug and kiss this man just to keep Louise safe. Like no ma'am, nope, not for me. Over at the House of Jacks, Liz and Finn rush over to comfort BLQ and Chase, and Chase was great in these scenes with Finn. I mean, just so good. And it was good to see Liz comforting someone that went through a similar situation that she did, like, geez, almost 20 years ago at this point. Liz has had plenty of paternity issues in her day, so she should not be judging anyone. (laughs) And also, Peter killed Franco, so... Liz is on board with the whole plan. Then Anna calls Chase, and he is finally, officially, in gray territory. I am so happy about this. I feel like Chase could be, like, the next Frisco or something. I don't know. I'm just super excited. When Finn and Liz go to leave the house of Jax, Liz makes a comment about him and Violet sleeping over and him sleeping on the couch. More on that later. Flashback to Maxie and Peter, when he finally says he will give up Louise, he wants to drop her off at the firehouse in the safe place made for parents who want to anonymously leave their baby in good care. How Peter didn't think the police would get involved right away, I don't know. Like, I'm sure that when you do do that, the firefighters call the police first, see if they can find family for the baby, and that's exactly what happens. They called Anna. Anna called Chase. They go down there. They realize that it's Louise. So she's back in Chase and BLQ's care. And while they're there, Anna deduces that Maxie must be with Peter due to her earring being left behind. And at the hospital, Austin is talking with Laura and they're trying to figure out where Maxie is. So Laura says, you know what? I have someone you can call to try and track her down. And it was Spinelli. I was so excited. I wish we got to actually see Spinelli since he was on recently. Uh, But, you know, close enough. Uh, Spinelli finds her car at the pier, and by the time Austin gets there, her and Peter are gone. He hears and sees the boat, so he assumes that they are on the boat. He calls the Coast Guard. He calls police. So this leads me into Valentine's Day Part 1. The whole town knows Maxie is missing and that Louise is back in town, I suppose. But Port Charles is continuing with their Valentine's Day plans. 
So we open with Terry and Liz, and Terry has a first date coming up. Just then, Amy and Chet walk up and plug the veteran donations, which takes Liz and Terry into the locker room, where Liz's wedding dress to Franco was tore up. And then she had a moment. Was it a moment of her losing time? Or a moment of she thinks one of her kids did this and doesn't want anyone to know? We already had her hide the fact that Franco's studio key was at home when it was set on fire. And is this because she's the one doing those actions or is it one of her children? Just saying it's still, you know, possibilities out there. And as Liz clears up the situation with Terry, she tells her to continue with her first date and to have fun. Terry tells her the guy said he will be in a teal shirt. So she goes to Charlie's pub where they're having an anti-Valentine's Day party and who walks in but Chet and he is in a teal shirt. So if this is going to be a thing, like if Terry and Chet are going to date, I mean, that's fine. I'm happy for that. I just don't want them to be a background story. I don't want these characters to be in the background. They brought Terry on as contract, so let's make her contract. Like, let's put her on screen. Let's have her story be front and center for a while. Also, side note here, it was great seeing Nurse Amy. She brings such a fun, positive vibe to the show, and I love it. I wish we saw more of the nurses. So as Liz is trying to get herself together, Finn walks in to say goodnight, and she tells him, you know what, let's have Valentine's Day anyway. Let's do a family dinner and a movie. So of course, Finn agrees. Also a part of the Valentine's Day celebration, we see Portia and the Taggart recast. Are we ever going to see Rael Andrews back? They have not made that clear. I also thought it was rude that we didn't get a voiceover of, you know, this role will now be played by, but whatever. So Portia starts to tell Taggart about Curtis. She asks if he feels awkward about it. He says no. And with this actor, I truly believe he does not feel awkward about Portia and Curtis being together. They have been divorced for quite a while. So then they get on the subject of Trina, and then Trina shows up. Right away, she knew it was a setup to talk to her parents, but once she starts talking about Esme, (laughs) Taggart was cracking me up. What's her name? What is it? One more time? So the name Esme is French. That's interesting. I never knew that. And I'm wondering if that connection will come in later. Wouldn't it be interesting if Esme was related to Claudette? Why she would want to snuggle up to Spencer for that, I don't know, if only to get closer to Valentine to find out what happened to Claudette. I'm only making that connection because Claudette's last name was French and Valentine speaks French to Charlotte. So I think the writers threw it in there on purpose that Esme's name is French. I thought this scene was super cute. Uh, Trina eating some dessert with her dad. I mean, that was super nice. Come on. I also noticed that Portia is in a much better mood these days. But with that secret that's lurking with her, something's going to blow up soon. And I suppose in Valentine's Day Part 2, we're going to see more couples like Sam and Dante, Jocelyn and Cameron, Spencer and Esme, Laura and Kevin, Scott and Liesel, Olivia and Ned, Liz and Finn. Uh, Who else is coupled up? I guess Michael and Willow are in Paris. Oh wait, no, she doesn't have a birth certificate yet, so they can't go. So maybe we'll see Michael and Willow this week too. (laughs) We don't see enough couples on screen, that's for sure. Uh, I assume also that we're going to see Sunny with Nina in some regard. Speaking of, the last thing I'm going to touch on here is Nina's visit to Ava. 
Once Ava hears what happened, she is giddy as all get up. She wants Nina to pursue this hard. She is really pushing them together and that's only going to blow up in her face and she doesn't even know it yet. But eventually, Sunny is going to turn on Nina. Through everything, Sunny and Jason have always put Carly first. No one understands it, but it's there and it probably always will be if it's already been this way for the past 25 years. So if Peter and Maxie are taking a break to be on the run, I wonder if we will get more Victor this week. I want to know what it is he wants with Drew or what information Drew has. There are so many unanswered questions that I need to be clear on. <laughs> For now, I'll watch it all from the quarter mains at 66 Harborview Road. Find me on Twitter at 66 underscore view, Instagram at 66 Harborview Road, and TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road. From the quarter main foyer, I bid you a good week.